all. Good morning, everybody. Um, well, I know I want to thank Chrissy, too, for all the good food and how beautifully she took care of me and Barbara, too. I mean, we wouldn't be here if it wasn't for Barbara coming so far to get us, and we just really appreciate it. Um, we've been well here in your midst, and <laughs> it's been a I just want to take a few minutes to share something with you that's on my heart that God just kind of put this morning as I was sharing with Don. It's um, a verse, uh, two verses out of the book of Ruth. And uh, the first one is in Ruth chapter 2, verse 11. And you don't have to really look at it. If you want, you can just listen. Um, Boaz replied, I've been told all about what you have done for your mother-in-law since the death of your husband, how you left your father and mother, your homeland, and came to live with a people you did not know. Ruth had only been in that land of Bethlehem a very short time. Very short time. She came from a heathen nation, but God had worked on her heart. But you see so quickly, just in such a short time, Boaz had already heard about the good life, the goodness of God working through the life of Ruth. And in the very next chapter, in chapter 3, um, verse 11, I'm just reading part of it. And Boaz again speaks to Ruth. And he says, all my fellow townsmen know that you are a woman of noble character. Now, Ruth hadn't been there very long, but all the people there in Bethlehem knew that she was a virtuous woman. And I just wanted to share that with you as a church, that we have a real responsibility to influence people around us, where we live, the people we work with, the people that we just touch lives with, Ruth was just there working in the fields, doing very humble work. And yet, the Bible records for us that people knew she was a good woman. She was living for Christ. Sometimes we think we need to be out on the street corners preaching. But sometimes it's the influence of the little things that we do, the kind words that we say, the work of Christ that's in us, just as we go doing very natural things in life. And for Don and I, we have just um, moved about six months ago to Southern California. And uh, when we get back at the end of uh, December, beginning of January, sometime we're going to be moving again into a different neighborhood, not far from where we're living right now. But that's our prayer, is that we can be known as people of God when we move, that people will know our house is a house that they can come to when they have needs. We want to be that. That's what we're praying. And I just ask that you pray for us too. We want to be an influence for Christ where we go. That's part of our purpose in moving where we are. We want to be an influence for God. And you know, I think what a challenge to each of us if we think about it, that in such a short time, all the townspeople knew about Ruth. What a personal challenge. 
is that all of the town's people, I think, do the people on the street we live know that we're Christians? You know, just even on the street where we live. But all the town's people knew. And she was just an ordinary woman living for God where she was. And so my prayer for you as a church is even in this Christmas season when our lives touch many different lives than normal, we could be a strong influence for Christ. And I just want to pray that for you right now. God, we just come in Jesus' name. And God, I just ask that Don and I, where we live, on that street where we live, in that community where we live, and where all these people here of this church in Basildon, that wherever they live, that people will know that they're Christians. God, I just ask that you help light shine. Just shine for where we live. sharing with uh, <clears throat> Brian, we were talking about how ladies seem to be getting along so well together and, and the good reports. He was sharing with me about my wife and I said to him, I think I'll keep her. <clears throat> After 54 years, I think I better. <clears throat> Well, I want to add my greetings to the June's greetings, and good to be with you. Uh, it, has, it has been a blessing to be here. First, first time that I can remember, anyway, that we were in this community and, and certainly in this church, even though we've actually been traveling back and forth from the States to, the, uh, to England, to the UK, for since 1977, I guess it was, I made my first trip. And... Um, been here many, many, many times and uh, lived here twice, as some of you know. So we've traveled around quite a bit, but we've never been here before. So praise God, we're here now. And I don't know you real well, so I've been a little hesitant how to start off here uh, because I thought I might offend somebody, but I was going to start by saying that the, the Bible translation I'm using, or the, translation, the book I'm using today, is a special edition called The Good Pub Guide. <laughs> and then I thought, maybe I better not. Uh, but Barbara gave this to me, uh, to us, uh, when she picked this up, and she said, uh, you, you know, if you're traveling around, then you want to find it. Because I have a reputation for liking pubs, uh, and, uh, and, which is true. Uh, we don't have anything like that really in the states that I found. We have a couple that call themselves pubs, but and, and the thing that I, I always liked the bottom was well, I, we we lived one time when we lived here. We lived in a 400-year-old house, Thatch Cottage, and so we we liked that kind of an atmosphere. We we, we like oldie stuff, you know, not just because we're old, but we just like stuff like that and um, historical things and and. Uh, and, and I like fireplaces, and there's usually a fireplace. And I loved it, actually, when they still burn coal. You might think I'm nuts, but I like the smell of the coal. And, uh, and 
and we always found it was pretty good food, uh, very good food usually, and less expensive than restaurants usually. And there, so there were a lot of advantages. And I always tell people back in the States, we have taverns or bars kind of thing, you know. And people go there to get drunk or close to it anyway. Now, I don't know. My experience has been I've never seen anybody drunk in a pub. And uh, maybe that's not true, but I have never. And I, I found it to be a nice, friendly place. So we like pubs. And so uh, that word got out somewhere, and uh, uh, we ended up with a good pub. Yeah, Keith, you got, ended up with a good pub guy. So, um, but I don't know you well enough to do that, so I didn't do that. <clears throat> if you would be so kind to open your Bibles to Romans chapter 1. <clears throat> Gee, that's terrible. I can't see the clock from here. Can't see that one either. <laughs> oh, well. <clears throat> Got to watch. <clears throat> Start waving at me when you're getting tired. <clears throat> uh, somebody sent me a, an email, and, and uh, I think it was... Somebody named Angie, is it? Who is that? I don't know who. Oh, you don't want to send me the email? Thank you. And did I pronounce your name right? Is it An Angie? Angie is... Okay. And, and gave me the, the, that you guys have been talking about the gospel. And I thought, that's very appropriate because that's something that was really on, on my heart. And it's um, so I'm going to turn to Romans 1. And... and um, I didn't give her a title, and the title, whoever put that on there, was actually a pretty good title. Um, my title was, A Power to Believe In, and in subtitle, The Gospel. A Power to Believe In, and the subtitle is The Gospel. And uh, I think that's fairly close to what they had up there. But, um, so let's pray. Father, we thank you that, uh, for this morning. We thank you that you love us so much to just bless us so richly through song and through the word and through the blessing of breaking bread together and uh, just be with us, uh, what June shared, Lord. And now uh, as we share in the word, uh, uh, we just ask you to continue to pour out your blessings. Uh, and we are a grateful people in Jesus' name. Amen? Paul's writing to the Romans here and um, plan planning his visit to the, to the church. And I just want to pick up in chapter 1. <clears throat> Uh, starting in verse 11 chapter 1 verse 11 I'm reading from the updated new American standard Bible <clears throat> uh, starting in verse 11 Romans 1 for I long to see you so that I may impart some spiritual gift to you that you may be established that is that I may be encouraged together with you while among you each of us by the other's faith both years and mine. It's interesting, isn't it? This is the great Apostle Paul, but he comes not only to impart something, but to receive something. And I think that's the way we should always be that way. We should never come, and I trust I'm not coming as, quote, a teacher to teach you something, but that I'm coming to receive something and, in turn, share back with you. And uh, not that I'm like Paul, but I want to be at least like him in that way. And, and so he goes on, I do not want you to be unaware, brethren, that often I planned 
to come to you and have been prevented so far, so that I may attain some fruit among you also, even as among the rest of the Gentiles. I am under obligation. I like that. I am under obligation, he says, both to Greeks and to barbarians, both to the wise and to the foolish. So for my part, I am eager to preach the gospel to you also who are in Rome. For I am not ashamed of the gospel, for it is the power of God for salvation to everyone who believes, to the Jew first and also to the Greek. For in it, now catch the wording here, in it, in the gospel, in that which Paul has been preaching and is longing to preach to the people in Rome. In it, he says, is the righteousness of God revealed from faith to faith as it is written, but the righteous man shall live by faith. And I want to, uh, a phrase that, that has been popular, I don't know if you have that here, but we have these phrases that the Christian, well, the worldly community picks up. And all of a sudden you hear everybody using it. And just about by the time I learned how to use it, it's, they've got a new one, you know, and, and I'm always just a bit behind. And um, one of the phrases that I've heard a lot of, Christian guys and teachers and so forth, say, I want to unpack this for you. Do you use that phrase? I see a few of you nodding your heads. You've heard that. So I want to unpack verse 16 for you a little bit. And um, uh, Paul says here, he says, I am not ashamed of the gospel. We just want to zero in on this verse. For it is the power of God for salvation to everyone who believes, to the Jew first and also to the Greek. Now, when Paul uses the phrase, I am not ashamed, it, it, it's really, he's saying much more than I am just not ashamed. That, 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 we wouldn't even say, if I came to you and, and, and I was here, like, and I, you know, June gets up and she sits down and I said, well, I'm not ashamed of my wife. That would come across kind of negative, wouldn't it? I mean, it's just a little bit like, must be something to be ashamed of, but I'm not, or something. And, and, <laughs> and that's not what Paul is saying. Paul is really saying, I am proud of the gospel of Jesus Christ. That, that's what he's really saying. Because when you think about it, Paul, just think of what the preaching of the gospel has cost him. Prison, stoning, left for dead, ridicule, laughed at. Uh, one point in time he says, everybody's left me. God didn't, but everybody's left me. You know, he was not the most, he was not making the front page of Time magazine as the most popular guy in the country. He was, he was anything but. And yet he said, this gospel that has been entrusted to me, he said, I am not ashamed of it. I am proud of it. I, I, it's the greatest thing that I could have, even though it's cost me everything. And we should be the same way. We should not be ashamed if we're laughed at, ridiculed, criticized, misunderstood, whatever. He said, I'm not ashamed. I, I want to be that way. I'm not always that way. I want to be that way. Not just not ashamed, but proud of the gospel of Jesus Christ. That's what he says. He says, this is, this is something to be proud of. something great that God has revealed to me. Yeah, to Paul, his confidence was in the gospel. And so we begin with what he means by I'm not ashamed. 
Then he, begins, then he explains a little bit to us. He said, I'm not ashamed of the gospel. Well, we've got to stop there and say, well, what is the gospel? And I know you're immediately thinking, as I would immediately think, the gospel's good news. Right? No? Yeah. It was on your list of subjects. Uh, somebody preached it. The gospel is good news. And, uh, and that is what we normally think of. And, and that is true. That is true. But when we say the gospel is good news, what we're really saying is the fruit of, or the result of, or the consequence of the gospel is good news. The gospel is, 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 means much more than just that. That's the result of the gospel. It's good news. But you know, I go to the doctor and he says, we found this little problem that you have and uh, I'm going to give you this pill and that'll help you. That's good news. But the pill isn't good news. The pill is some kind of a chemical con combination that's going to have an effect in my body. The result of it is good news. Right? Okay. And so when we think about the gospel, we need to think just a little bit more about why is it good news? Well, there's many different ways that the gospel is really defined and explained in the Bible. It's the gospel of Jesus, isn't it? It's the good news about Jesus Christ. That, that's the gospel. It's the good news about Jesus Christ. It's about the grace of God. It's all the things we were singing this morning about the love of God and his, his love for us and how he wants to draw us to himself and have that re loving relationship with him. That's the gospel. The gospel is grace. The gospel is forgiveness. When I think of my sins being totally and completely forgiven, wiped away like I had never committed them, past, present, and future, man, that's good news. And that's the gospel. So that's what Paul's talking about. He's talking about the life, the death, the resurrection of Jesus. That's the gospel. It says in the Bible that Jesus went about preaching the gospel of the kingdom. So it's the kingdom of God. So when we think of the gospel, we need to recognize what this really is. It's the word of God. This is the gospel. When I'm reading the scriptures to you, as I was here, you are, and, and others read scriptures this morning, that's the gospel coming to you. It's the word of God. And so we, when we think of gospel, we have to think of something so much bigger. It's good news is right. But why is it good news? Because it's the kingdom. It's all about Jesus. It's about his death and his resurrection and his life and his coming back again. And, and so when Paul is saying, I am not ashamed of the gospel, that's what he's talking about. He's talking about everything that he's preaching and everything that he's writing and everything that... Uh, is, is, is part of this new covenant that we're part of. It's the gospel. Then he says, For I'm not ashamed of the gospel, for it is the power of God. You know it's hard to define the power of God? Think about it. Find the power of God. And as I was thinking about this, I think of, well, I can think of other scriptures that with God, nothing is impossible. That's a way of defining the power of God. Not, nothing impossible. It doesn't leave a whole lot out, is it? Another scripture says all things are possible with God. So Paul is saying the gospel, that which he's preaching, that which you're hearing right now, that which we've been singing about this morning, he says that is 
the power of God. I have a book at home, and uh, it's called The, the Christ-Centered Preaching. And by the author is Brian Chappell, and he's the principal and the head of the Covenant Seminary in St. Louis. And um, one, a quote that I wrote from, from his book is this. The power of the word is not in the preacher of the word, but in the word preached. The power of the word is not in the preacher or proclaimer or sharer or teacher or whatever word you say. The power of the word is not in the preacher of the word, but in the word preached. That's very significant that we get a hold of this. Because Paul says the gospel, which is the word, the gospel which is talking about Jesus, the gospel is... Uh, Jesus Christ and his death and his resurrection and all the things we've been talking about this morning. He says that gospel is the power of God. Paul didn't say the power of God is me. He said it's the gospel. It's the good news. It's the word I'm preaching. It's just sharing with one another the life of Jesus Christ is the power of God. Ever since I've been a Christian, I've, I've heard and we've prayed about having power. And we, need, and we need the power of God. We, we definitely need to see God's power demonstrated. What we have forgotten, I think, is, or maybe we've never realized, is we have the power in the gospel. It is the power of God, Paul says. Then he goes on, he says, what is it for? Well, he says, I'm not ashamed of the gospel. It is the power of God for salvation. Now, here's a word again that we need to make sure we really understand because we can think of salvation as, I'm saved. Okay, I'm not going to hell anymore. True. I'm saved. But salvation in the scriptures means so much more than that. Literally, the, salvation would, the word salvation would mean free. I'm freed, delivered. What am I freed from? I'm freed from anything and everything that is not of God. Salvation means I'm free from habits. Anybody ever have a bad habit besides me? <laughs> Anybody? No, one or two of us anyway. The rest of you are all angels that just came floating down from heaven or something. I don't know. But, but salvation means to be freed from that. I won't ask you to raise your hand on this one, but a lot of people have fears. June had terrible fears. Salvation, the gospel, when she heard the gospel, the gospel freed her from those fears. I, I had addictions. Well, you say, oh, a drug addict. No, no, wasn't a drug addict. Alcoholic. No, wasn't one of those either. I had a simple addiction. Money. Success. To have my name recognized and people would know who I am. That was my addiction. And I just let the rest of the world go by, including my wife and family, because that's what I was pursuing. The gospel set me free from that addiction. That's the gospel. Paul is when he's talking about salvation, Colossians 1.13 says, we've been transferred from the kingdom of darkness into the kingdom of his beloved son. That's, that's significant. We were in the darkness. We were slaves of the devil. God transferred us 
into the kingdom of his son to be subject to the king of kings and lord of the lords jesus christ that's salvation See? jesus himself started off in, in in luke we won't take time to look it up but luke chapter 4 i'm sure you've read that scripture already and jesus said the spirit of the lord is upon me to set the captives free to open the blind eyes to heal the sick to proclaim the favorable year of the lord that's salvation that's what Jesus said he came to do. came to set the captives free, to open the blind eyes, to heal the sick, to proclaim the favorable year of the Lord. How many know Psalm 103? I'll bet you know as soon as I begin to say it. I know June's quoting it already. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and all that is within me. Bless his holy name. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and... Forget not all his benefits, who has forgiven all our sins and healed all our diseases. That's salvation. That's what salvation. So when Paul says, I am not ashamed of the gospel, life, death, resurrection of Jesus, the kingdom, for it is the power of God. The power of God. And that's exactly what it takes to do this. It is the power of God is for salvation. It takes the power of God to heal the sick. It takes the power of God to forgive our sins. It takes the power of God to set us free from addictions or habits. It takes the power of God to change our lives. I mean, I, I, we're talking to the men, and, and June is talking to the ladies. And we, we can talk about all these things, but it's going to take the power of God to make them work in our lives, isn't it? if we're willing. And who is it for? Last part of this verse, who is it for? Everyone who believes. How many everyones do we have here this morning? Everyone who believes. Everyone who receives. That's what he says this is for. He says this gospel, which is the power of God, which is undescribable. The power of God. This gospel, he said, I'm not ashamed of it, for it is the power of God to bring salvation, to be totally set free for everyone who believes. Quickly, how do you apply this to your life? When I'm reading the scriptures to you here, which is the gospel, do we sit there and say, that's very interesting. You know, I never thought about that before. I wonder if it really means that. Does this guy know what he's talking about? Or do we sit there and say, that message carries the power of God to change my life. That's the gospel I'm hearing. And wow, that gospel is powerful. I'm receiving it. it. has the power to change my life. Because that's what Paul says. If you receive it, if you believe it, it works for you. That's what he's saying. He said, when you re how about when you read your Bible? I'm sure you all read your Bible. Well, it's time to read my Bible. I've got to put in my 15 minutes today. Um, you know, therefore you have no excuse. Everyone who passed judgment, as we know, judgment. But do you support this, O man? Or do I think lightly of you? 
Oh yeah, okay, I'm done. Or do you open up your Bible and begin to read and think, this is the power of God speaking to me. This is going to change my life. Paul writes here, for God whom I serve. Yes, Lord, I serve you. Just like Paul. Who? Amazing, I can serve God. Yes, Lord, for God whom I serve in my spirit, in the preaching of the gospel. You know, God, I never thought about that, but, but you know when I was talking to my neighbor, and, and, and I said to my neighbor, I said, you know, I'm really going to be your neighbor. You're a wonderful neighbor. You know, I just, I, I, matter of fact, I was thanking God the other day for you as a neighbor. You know, when I was doing that, I was preaching the gospel. And those words that I was saying carried the power of God to change that person's life. You see how it'll change you when you begin to think this way? It's not just, oh, well, I'm doing my duty or I'm just reading the Bible or I'm just praying. No. When we do that, we are proclaiming, teaching, preaching, praying, listening to, meditating on, whatever you want, the way you want to think about it. The gospel. And that gospel is, is the power of God unto salvation, which means a life-changing experience. To what? To everyone who believes. It changes your whole thinking about sharing with people. I mean, I've, I've witnessed the people, and I've shared with people, and I've had people do all kinds of things, laugh at us. I, I'm not like Paul. I've never been stoned. We've been in jail once, but we've never been stoned, and never been beat. We've been, we've been ridiculed, and we've lost all our friends and relations, and we've had a few of those things. But you know what? When you know that what you're sharing is the power of God, and you know that that could carry the power of salvation into that person's life. It just changes everything. You think, wow, what a privilege. Now, it may take a year. It may take 30. You may never see the change. But you know what? In all the years that we've handed out tracts and preached the gospel in the streets and everything like that, very few times has anybody ever come up to us and said, thank you that I'm saved now. But you know what? There's been a few times. I remember a man came up to me one time, and he had a little gospel trot. And it was all beat up and worn out and wrinkled and everything. And he said, can I have a new one? I said, yes, yeah, sure. What, why? He said, you know, you gave me this last year or something. And he said, every time I have it, I pull this out and I read it. But it's all worn out. Give me a new one. Now, I didn't know when I gave that, and that's what was going to happen. But Paul says, I'm not ashamed of the gospel, for it is the power of God unto salvation, to change somebody's life, including mine, for everyone who believes, who receives. One more scripture for you, and then we'll close. Second Peter 1 3. I'll read it to you. You might want to write it down. Second Peter 1 3. Peter writes this His divine power has granted to us everything pertaining to life and godliness through the true knowledge of Him. What is the true knowledge of Him? The gospel. 
That's what the gospel is, the true knowledge of him. And Peter says, his divine power has granted to us everything. There's that interesting word, everything, again, just like everyone. Pertaining to life and godliness, through knowledge of him, which really is the gospel. My prayer in sharing that with you, because I need to hear it, is that I really grab hold of that power which God has put in my hand, in my mouth, in my mind, the gospel. And that I understand that that gospel is a life-changing power for me and for anybody I share it with. So if I say to somebody, God loves you, there's power in those words that if they receive, and they may not receive it then, but they may think about it a year later, and if they receive that, their life will be changed. When I pray for somebody to be healed, I say, Lord, I just pray to touch this person and heal them. Because the Bible says, by his stripes we are healed. I am sharing the gospel, of which I am not ashamed. And of which Paul says, carries the power of God to heal them. So I don't have to worry about it. I heal them. I share the gospel. And the power of God is in that word to heal them. I pray that, that you grab hold of this. I would encourage you to take that scripture and read it over and over and over. Maybe every day, start your day by reading Romans 1.16. Maybe every day, end your day by reading Romans 1.16. And say, God, help me. This is what I'm doing. Say, God, help me to really understand the reality of your word. Because I want to live a life like Paul. I am proud of the gospel of Jesus Christ. For in it is the power of God unto salvation for everyone who receives. Thank you, Lord, for your word. Thank you, Lord, that your word is powerful. And you're a powerful God who loves us. And I just pray, Lord, that each one of us, this would, this, this would be buried in our spirits so that we would, we would see the gospel in what it really is and the power that is in the gospel that is available to us to change our lives and to change the lives of others. That we might see, Lord, the kingdom of God extended, expanded, and touching, as we've been sharing so much about our neighbors, our friends, our relatives, as we are proclaimers of this gospel. In Jesus' name. Amen? Amen. 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 Lord bless you.